Andy, what went into the decision to send down Beatty? Well, they just thought, talking to Mets people, that Beatty just wasn't at his best self and he needed to time out. He needed to recover some confidence. When he came up here, Brett Beatty has swagger at his best in the most positive way, I think. He's a nice down-to-earth guy, but he carries himself with a lot of confidence. And they felt that he lost that confidence. And I'm not just talking about body language or the clubhouse. I'm talking about the Mets thought maybe if there's a veteran pitcher on the mound and Beatty has a chance to barehand a ball and throw it to first, he doesn't. He puts it in his pocket. And then when he decides to throw a ball, maybe that wasn't the right moment to do it. So the decisions are kind of off. They felt that he wasn't really firing at the plate on pitches that he, he should have been more aggressive on. And it's like, this is not Brett Beatty. So what he seemed to need was just a step back, Go remember that you're a really good uh, baseball player on the offensive side and a developing one on the defensive side. And just just take a beat and relax. They gave him some objectives offensively and defensively, and if he hits those, he'll be back pretty soon. No guarantees with these things, but it could be a short demotion, and they just thought he needed it, like I said, a timeout. Yeah, he's going to have to prove it here eventually. But I, I don't really mind him being sent down because I think you guys are right. I think you can see the loss of confidence. It actually reminds me a little bit of what Conforto went through. You know, guy with a really good swing and just kind of you could see when he lost his confidence, didn't look the same at the plate or in the field. I don't think he's a terrible third baseman. I think he's lost some confidence there as well. So let him go down there. He dominated AAA early in the year. You figured he'll go down there and hit the ball well down there. And then, and then you bring him back because you're, you're right. He's got to prove it up here at some point. And I, I still think he will. I think he could be a good player. But he I mean, when a guy loses his confidence as badly as he has, I mean, there's nothing there. You can see it. All right, we're back. Brett Beatty. So Brett Beatty was sent down to Syracuse this week. He promptly has gone there and hit a couple of home runs and looked like the top-notch third-base prospect that the Mets thought they had. Uh, because, quite honestly, if he's not going to hit at Syracuse then I got to tell you, I don't know when Brett Beatty will hit. But this is a big part of the Mets, not only in 2024 and beyond. They have to figure out what they have here. And and I'm all for players struggling and not getting it and, and, and things like that. Because, look, there's a lot of players that we can you know talk about that have had struggles. I mean, just recently somebody pointed out that Aaron Judge, great point, came here. And, you know, struck out 50% of the time, age 24 season in his, you know, uh, first big league run. Hit a buck 79 and then he became the player that he is now. You know, probably the best player in the game and MVP and the guy who got the big contract. Alec Baum um, had a decent pandemic season, but then his first full season in Philadelphia struggled. Similar to Beatty, struggled, didn't show a lot of power, struggled defensively. You know, you guys will remember early last season. You know, I hated here when he made an error. And now he's a pretty solid, not an all-star, solid third baseman. And uh, he plays a little first, too. But, you know, a guy with a, a 111 OPS plus, 774 OPS, some pop, valuable in a lineup. If Brett Beatty turns into that, he's not an all-star. He's a solid player that plays a couple of positions. I could live with that. It's disappointing, but I could live with that. You know, people bring up Michael Conforto getting sent down. All due respect, Michael Conforto was a big part of the 2015 Mets run to the World Series. Hit in the World Series against elite pitching. Had a bad spell after a hot start in 2016. Got sent down. Was back up and was right back on the horse before he hurt his shoulder the following year. And has been, uh, you know, not having a great year coming back from his shoulder issue. But a serviceable offensive player out in San Francisco. 
I mean, he's got a career OPS of 813, 121 OPS plus. That's a good player. Brett Beatty's nowhere near that. Austin Riley struggled as well at 22 years old. Struck out a ton, just like Beatty, who's striking out 30% of the time. And now he's a perennial, you know, top third baseman, you know, with power, big, big clutch hitter. And, I mean, you know, everybody talks about these guys as, well, Mike, you're being hard on Brett Beatty because, you know, he's only 23 years old. Well, he's going to be 24 in November. That's not really young. He looks utterly lost at the plate right now. He is unacceptably bad. I mean, he's not anywhere near acceptable as a third baseman. You know, for a while there, you know, I heard what Eric Chavez said in spring training. You know, think about this. He's 23 years old. He's been in the minor leagues. And late in spring training, you know, the aha moment where Brett Beatty was, well, look how much time I have at third base to make a play. Now, you guys could say, hey, that's on player development. Yeah, maybe. But sometimes development, not sometimes, all the time, is about the player. It's about their accountability. It's about how they process information. And I personally think Brett Beatty is someone that comes across as somebody that takes a long time to learn. But here we are late in spring training. The guy struggles defensively, and he's getting this aha moment at age of 23 before opening day. I'm like, okay, I hear that. I'm like, all right, well, maybe something clicked. Maybe Chavez, who was a third baseman and, and has talked about some of the early struggles he had in his career defensively. And he turned out to be a good defensive and good offensive player. And now he comes up and, you know, he struggles against left-handed pitching. I, I understand that. That that that's not that's not uncommon for young for any young left-handed hitter. Um, but I mean, he's got an OPS. He's hitting 130 in the second half. 130. Automatic out. Awful. Atrocious. And now this article comes out by Mike Puma, which basically talks about the fact that Brett Beatty is learning here at the age of 23. Something that he should have known, and if nobody told him, shame on him, but it's baseball 101. That in the best, highest level of the sport, in the world, you can't take any pitches or time off. That you need 110% focus all the time. Think about that. He's learning that right now. It's in the article. Now, there's a source that's talking about it. So what's the agenda? Why are they letting that out there? Are they frustrated about it? Is that a way to kick Beatty in the you-know-what? But think about that. Now, people say, well, maybe he needs ADHD medications. I'm not getting into that. I don't know the guy's medical history. It's none of my business. You know, if that's what's going to solve it, God bless him. Go get it. I think you have to get some kind of um, exemption for that because it could fall into the whole steroid, uh, you know, failed test type of thing. I think that that's part of that. I don't know. I don't care. That's not the point of this segment. But when I read a quote, you're under a microscope up here, so you have to get, you have got to be engaged from pitch one to the end of the game, Beatty said. That is something I have to get got to work on and something I've got to learn. So I'm going to do my best at it. Well, big guy, that to me is controllable. Maybe you can't always hit a great left-handed pitcher. Maybe a line drive finds an outfielder's glove. Maybe there are things that are just out of your control. You hit a line drive right at somebody. There's a lot of stuff in this world. You can't control. Once you hit that ball, Derek Derek Jeter said it. Hit the ball well, and after that, not much I can do. He was right. 
He said something to that effect. But I damn well know you can control focus because that's on you. And there's no coach and there's no you know analytics department that's going to give that to you. Is there medication that could do it? Sure. But before we start shoving pills down his throat, better make sure that that's part of the equation and not just an excuse. Easy to say, let's just give him a, a magic pill. We don't know that. It's not our, that's not something we can speculate, nor will I. And I've heard nothing but good things about this kid from people who would know. Professional, he's going to be great makeup, going to be the Mets' third baseman for a decade. I've heard it. People that I respect. And I'm hoping that that's the case because he's hit at every minor league level. And let's be fair, Beatty's a victim that here he is, 19 years old, having his first season in Brooklyn, you know, towards the end of the year after beating a rookie ball, and then the pandemic hits, and all these guys, I think what you're seeing now with all these prospects, the dearth of a pipeline, not just for the Mets, but for other teams, is that you have a number of guys like Brett Beatty in the position that he's in that lost a full year of development right out of the gate where they couldn't do anything because of the pandemic because of COVID in 2020. And that could be a... There are going to be players that are never going to recover from that, ever. And that's going to be a shame. That's part of life. That was not their fault. It happened. But it might be an obstacle and something that, you know, may delay their big league careers. Maybe they never get on track. Maybe organizations change their opinion of these players. Maybe they change their development plan on them. I mean, one of the things that I worry about, even with a Brett Beatty, because we heard Bill Pulsifer talk about it a couple of weeks ago, and we know that teams, especially now, because everybody wants to be the smartest person in the room, you know, whether it's a coach or an analytics member of the front office or whatever, they want to change people. You know, look at what Pulsifer said. This is back in the 90s. When analytics wasn't necessarily something that anybody thought about. How they were changing the way he went about his craft. The same craft and the same process that got him to be one of the top prospects in baseball. Teams are good at that. Mets are no exception. And I've questioned their player development, especially on the pitching side. I'm not here to say that all hope is lost. But let's face it. You know, we haven't seen, you know, we've seen some good prospects like Alonzo McNeil. Nimmo took Nimmo some time. I mean, it took Nimmo some time to develop himself, but he did. But there's been a lot of misses on the Mets. I mean, let's let's look at Brandon Nimmo real quick. Brandon Nimmo. You know, first year in the big leagues, 666 OPS plus. Next year he was, you know, off the bench, 115 OPS plus. Then all of a sudden he gets, you know, 2018 he becomes a regular and he becomes an elite run creator. And uh, you know, despite what We've seen this year, which maybe there's been some nicks and injuries that have impacted him. You know, he's still been pretty good. Not, not, not a little bit of a regression, but he's been pretty good. But to hang your hat right now on Brett Beatty, to guarantee that he, first of all, he doesn't get any uh, leg up in a positional battle at third base. I mean, they're talking about putting Jeff McNeil at third base and moving the kid to the outfield. I mean, even if he figures out the offense, let's say he becomes Austin Riley at third base. His third base defense is not acceptable. He'll hit a two-run homer and he'll give away three runs with his defense. I mean, his defense is so bad. I mean, look, I can't the, the level of offense that Brett Beatty has to produce at his current defensive capabilities 
is so high, it's at least the Austin Riley level, that I just can't see, I mean, unless I'm missing something, I don't see him being able to be the offensive player that he needs to be to make up for that bad defense. Now, players get better. There's always a chance to get better. Howard Johnson wasn't a great third baseman, but he made the plays and he got a little bit better as time went on. You know? Michael Conforto had the knock that he couldn't play defense when he was drafted, and he turned out to be a pretty good defensive player. Good arm. I don't know. I haven't watched enough of him this year to know whether or not how he's regressed or whatever. But what really bothers me about the Brett Beatty narrative, and I, you heard John Harper and you heard uh, Martino, well, you know, he's a kid that shows a lot of confidence and needs a little blow. I, I don't know if I believe that. And with that article, if any of that stuff, and some of that's quotes from Beatty. Some of that's quotes from Beatty. It's not like it's an unnamed source. That doesn't reek of a confident guy. Guys who don't have focus and are learning all that stuff, that's not confidence. That's not, you know, confident guys focused, ready to go, understands what needs to be done. You know. I mean, you want to you want to do the conspiracy theory? Maybe they sent him down because they know he's going to stink up the joint, so let's get another year of service time so we don't have to get throughout the six years of control just the bad times. We want to get some a little bit more of the good times. Yeah, maybe that's... That's something that is playing into it. Possible. It's possible. But what about Brett Beatty has any of you seen since the minute, other than the fact he had a home run in his first at-bat, what have you seen that says that's the Mets starting first base, uh, third base for a decade? I mean, David Wright was already uh, uh, entrenched at his age. I know that that's a guy who was on a Hall of Fame trajectory before his injury. Same thing with Jose Reyes. I brought up Conforto, not a Hall of Famer. Guy that had one small blip and got sent down. One small blip. And a lot of that, you know, might that might have been mental. And he went down, corrected himself, and he was fine after that. I mean, injuries are probably more of his issue than, than anything else, the shoulder issues. And who knows how much of that, you know, he hurt his shoulder the following year. Who knows how much of that was his shoulder? You don't know. He never made excuses. But... You know, everybody, oh, he's young. No, he's not. When he was 19, he's young. It's 2024. He's five years into this thing. Guys that, guys who are elite players are starting to figure it out at 24. Now, Aaron Judge did it at 25. You know, he's a little bit older. And maybe, maybe I need to, you know, heed my own words and say the kid lost a year of development because of COVID. So maybe 23 is really 22 or 21. Okay, I'll buy it. But right now, to sit and look at the baby Mets and say that other than Alvarez, any of these guys could contribute at any level next year would be foolhardy. Vientos, I know he's got like 100 at-bats in the big leagues, but what's there? Not, I mean, Buck said he's made improvements defensively. That's good to hear. But he's not exactly stinging the ball. I mean, at the very least, you should be hitting left-handed pitching and hitting, you know, bad pitching at the big league level. You don't see that. Beatty, you got what you got there. You know, and, and we always assume, because the Mets have been blessed in the last 10 or 15 years where top prospects came up and performed. Right, Reyes, Ike Davis before he had that injury, Alonzo, McNeil. You know, they've had Nimmo. They've had some good fortune. There are guys like that don't make it, that flame out, that never make it. 
you know, guys like Randy Milligan, if you want to go back to top prospects the Mets had. Sean Abner, Herm Winningham. Look at some of the guys they gave up for Gary Carter. Those were top prospects. They never panned out. You know, everybody thinks everybody's going to be Greg Jeffries. You know, Greg Jeffries had a good career. Maybe he didn't work out here, but he had a good career. Maybe he wasn't what they thought he would be, but he was a good hitter. You know, not everybody's David Wright. But at this point, give me Alec Baum. Boom, bomb, bomb, boom. Give it to me. I'll take that offense in a as a component player in a better lineup. You know, what they what he's been advertised as is a is a core offensive piece right there with with Alvarez. Now they're talking about moving him to the outfield. His stick better be a hell of a lot better than what Alec Baum is doing. A 770 OPS, and he better be a decent outfielder. I mean, there's a whole lot of red flags with Brett Beatty. And I hope I'm wrong, and I'm not rooting against him. I know you guys all say on Twitter I'm rooting. I'm not rooting against him. I'm just telling you, I don't see it. And look, I was wrong about Senga. I was wrong about Alvarez. Alvarez has worked his tail off. When a Hall of Famer like Max Scherzer gives you the kudos that he gave Alvarez earlier in the year, that's a that tells you a lot. So don't be putting in pen Brett Beatty as your third baseman or your left fielder or anything on the big league roster because I haven't seen it. I've heard good things. You constantly hear good things, but the results are the results are the results, and I don't see any of the good things in a small sample size that everybody's talked about. And I think the next 12 to 15 months in Brett Beatty's career are huge because if he goes and comes into spring training and doesn't hit in spring training and looks awful in the field, wherever that may be, and he starts next year in Syracuse, that 4A moniker. I mean, this has Dom Smith written all over it. At least Dom Smith had a good 60 games during a BS season in a truncated schedule that wasn't a real schedule. It was a East Coast schedule. In front of no fans, mind you. With no travel. And, and a focus. You know, remember, COVID gave players the ability to focus on nothing but their craft because they couldn't go anywhere. They couldn't do anything. That matters. That changes outcomes. A lot. So, not here to rag on Brett Beatty. Not surprised they sent them down. I think that's the right thing to do. We'll probably see him sometime in September when the minor league season is over. But be curious, you know, and remember something. Don't believe what your eyes tell you in September and March. It's not a bad thing if he starts hitting. But doing it in extended garbage time, I need to see a lot more. And and that will be him showing in pressure situations when games matter for a team that's good that he could perform on both sides of the ball, which he has yet to do. One iota in the up and down that he's had since August of last year. So that's what I have to say about Brady. All right, let's take a quick break. We're going to wrap up when we come back. Non-Mets related topic that we'll end up with. It's pertinent to how I started off about the toxic media. The Orioles suspend their broadcaster. Gary Cohn had a lot of things to say about it. You shouldn't be surprised that teams are starting to be, uh, well, I guess their own little PR arm, the media of these teams, the desires for the, make them become their own PR arm. 
it's where we are in the world today. I think part of it is the way media is covering teams. And don't be surprised if this is becoming more and more part of the, uh, the conversation in our culture. We'll be back with that and more right after this.